The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. We'll circle back around to the conversation about um, concerts and, and selfies and what's going on uh, with all sorts of different performers out there and saying, hey, no more, no more. And the conversation started after some uh, tourists were caught taking selfies in front of that crime scene, that terrorist attack in London today. Right now, they'll want to switch gears. If you are like thousands of others in Edmonton, you've been waging a battle against yellow jackets this summer. This The nasty flying critters seem to be especially bad right now. Well, to find out more, and what to do about them. We're joined by City of Edmonton biological sciences technologist. Wow. Peter uh, Daly. Is it Daly? It is Daly. Yeah, Hi, Peter. Daly. Yeah. Hi, thanks for hey taking there. the time to join us. I'm not having a problem with wasp, but I'm having a problem with ants. So let's get there. Can you start by telling us the difference between a wasp, a yellow jacket, and a bee? Okay. Well, um, all yellow jackets are wasps. Not all wasps are yellow jackets. That's that right. <laughs> okay. So wasps ants and bees all belong to the insect order known as Hymenoptera. So they're all fairly closely related, at least as far as an entomologist is concerned. And in many cases, they have fairly similar habits. Um, when most people think of wasps, they think of things like yellow jackets, big black and yellow things that uh, will make big papery nests and potentially sting you if they're threatened. The reality is that there's thousands and thousands of species of wasps in the world, and probably thousands in Canada, um, and most of them are tiny little things, even smaller than a typical little field ant, and they're totally, totally harmless to people and lay eggs inside of other pest insects and actually are really important for biological control methods. Um, Telling apart a regular bee from a yellow jacket uh, for just sort of simple day-to-day stuff, well, yellow jackets are shiny and sleek and very obviously striped don't have a, a lot of hairs on them, whereas most of the quote-unquote bees you're going to find are going to be on the fuzzy side. They're cute Whether you're talking fuzzy. about honeybees or bumblebees yeah. or what have you. So why are yellow jackets such jerks? Well, they're not really jerks. <laughs> Peter, they're jerks. I see the Come on. going around a lot. <laughs> um, but uh, I think it's more accurate to describe them as bolder than mm. a lot of other bees in the sense that they're not out looking for trouble at any given time, um, but their activities put them in contact with people a lot more frequently, and they're not as shy. They're only going to sting in self-defense, and I know there's probably a lot of people listening say, hey, this one time this wasp came and stung me out of nowhere. Well, there's generally a reason for it. Um, wasps, when they are threatened, are going to create a called uh, a pheromone, Um, and in this case, it's an alarm pheromone, essentially a chemical warning to other members of their species in the immediate area that, hey, there's danger here, someone's causing problems, and that'll get all the other wasps in the area riled up. So you might, say, accidentally half-squish a yellow jacket on your back in a lawn chair, and you don't get stung by that individual one, but all the other uh, yellow jackets are then you know, smelling the alarm and spoiling for a fight. Hmm. It seems that, and I'm going to be honest with you, Peter, one of the reasons why I wanted to do this interview so badly today is that we have a wasp's yellow jacket nest in our backyard, and it seems like every year it happens, whether it's dug under or something under the lilac bush. This year it's under the the air conditioning unit. Um, They seem to be more aggressive 
now, like as you're looking in the middle of August compared to what they were a month ago, why would that be? Well, this time of year, they're getting close to the end of their activity cycle. And so they're essentially getting a little more desperate finding food sources. So, again, it's not that they're necessarily looking to cause problems with people. Where's someone that I can sting? But they're searching a lot harder to try and find food sources. Their babies are fed with meat and insects. And as a result, they're actually really important for controlling caterpillars and things that will bother trees and plants in your garden. So they're actually pretty beneficial to have around for the most part. But if you're out in your backyard and you've got, you know, some tasty burgers on the barbecue Mm -hmm. or sweet sugary things, which is close to the nectar that the adults feed on, then they're going to be interested. And generally the easiest way to deal with that is essentially set up a little separate wasp picnic on the other side of your yard from where you're going to have activities. So leave out a little bit of sweet or sugary or or meaty stuff way on the other side of the yard, and that will draw them away over there, and they're less likely to pester you. Okay, well, I I can understand that you love these little critters, but uh, (laughs) uh, many of us don't. Um, and, And there's kind of a misunderstanding between, I think, um, the bugs in us as to uh, what a threat is. So I'll give you an example, and you tell me what you would do about this. So you mentioned them wanting to eat meat and that kind of thing. I, I once took out my old barbecue, got a new barbecue, put the old one out back. I was going to haul it away. So it's still fully put together in the back lane by my garage, and I just haven't had a chance to pull it away yet. At that time, I hadn't. And and when I did, I went to move it, and I heard that buzzing noise. I, I, you know, I just heard that activity. And... and not even thinking. I I just opened the lid to see what was going on, and a nest had been built that was basically the size of the the barbecue. I mean, I don't know. (laughs) You know, it was just amazing. So my two questions are, what do I do? What should I have done about that? And then I'll tell you what I did do about it. I swatted it with a hockey stick. Um, But the other thing is... (laughs) That might have not been the right... No, it definitely was not the right... No, it definitely was bad. but will they just keep growing to whatever space is provided for them in nesting um, terms? There's going to be sort of a maximum size of the nest, and that's not necessarily a strict numerical factor. Oh, they would fill to the, the, uh, the barbecue is, has no more room in it and then stop. <laughs> um, it's more the, the season and the food resources they have available to them. The city doesn't track uh, wasp numbers per se. We don't have a strict monitoring program, but the pest operations crews have got a huge influx of calls about uh, wasps and yellow jackets right now. And I think it'd be relatively safe to say, at least anecdotally, this is the highest that we've seen their numbers in quite a while. And that's mostly because of the heat. Basically, they're cold-blooded. So when you've got warmer summers, especially if they're drier, they can grow much faster and tend to do much better. So that's what Um, I was curious, was the heat and the dryness, and that's kind of adding to the whole issue. Exactly. It basically means they can produce more babies over the course of the summer, and their nest can get bigger. Um, Now, they don't continue with the same nest the following year, to my understanding, at least the most common yellow jackets, like uh, the the western yellow jacket, Vespula pennsylvanica. Uh, They'll lay eggs that will then develop into queens that will start their own nests uh, the following year. Um, (laughs) If you've got uh, a wasp nest that's really close to areas of high traffic, then yeah, don't get me wrong. I mean, I want to encourage people to appreciate insects and arachnids in general, but (laughs) if it's right by your back door, I understand not wanting it there. Uh, But 
your best bet is going to be contacting a licensed exterminator to deal mm. with it. They can do it safely in a controlled fashion, and you don't have to worry about freaking out <laughs> with your hockey stick. Anyway, <laughs> Peter, we, we have gone through, I don't know, bottle after bottle of the stuff that you buy at the Canadian Tire that you blast into the hole and, and, and whatnot, and you go to get more of it, and it's just off the shelf. It's just, I see so many people talking about it right now. I know, and I know this is not the right thing to do, and I suspect that uh, you're going to tell people again, and maybe that's why I'm asking you to don't try to set things on fire. Oh, heavens no. No, gasoline is not an effective or safe wasp control method. <laughs> for sure. I had a next-door neighbor that tried it once. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, and it's definitely one of those situations where more does not equal better. Like, if you know, <laughs> the lighter doesn't work, don't switch up to a flamethrower because then you've got a lawsuit on your hands, right? So, Peter, let me ask you this. Uh, out camping a few years ago, was putting a tent down and, and hammered a peg into mm. the ground and was suddenly bitten up and down my arm. And it, it was so fast uh, that I wasn't even sure what was stinging me. And I was told later it was hornets. Um, do hornets build their nests underground? Um, most of the insects that we're going to call wasps, at least the average person on the street, um, like the most common that I mentioned, the western yellow jacket, they tend to build nests fairly close to the ground and often uh, burrowing underneath chunks of sidewalk and stuff. So it's mm-hmm. quite possible that you were really close to the entrance of a yellow jacket or hornet nest, and mm-hmm. um, um, there was an invader, and they had to protect themselves, or at least that's what going, is going through their little buggy minds. And, and they sting multiple times, right? Yeah, it's only honeybees that have the barbed stingers. Mm. And a honeybee sting tends to be more severe than a wasp or bumblebee sting because uh, when they try and fly away, honeybees will end up leaving part of their abdomen and the venom glands behind, too, that continues to pump venom into you if you're not uh, scraping off the, Mm. the stinger relatively quickly. Whereas, yeah, wasps and bumblebees can theoretically sting multiple times. They've got a smooth stinger that's just sort of like a little pin that can oh. times. Peter, our text line is uh, heating up right now. <laughs> Lots of oh, questions I have no doubt. <laughs> for you. Um, from Lac Labish, it says, Lee says, how do I get rid of the bald-faced hornets? I'm having an issue with those. I can't say what he's calling them. Do you know what he's talking about? Yeah, bald-faced hornets are a really big species. They look like a typical yellow jacket, but bigger, and are white and black striped instead of yellow and black striped. It's the same kind of general principles. Like, they're going to be attracted to sweet and meaty things around the house, and uh, ordinarily they shouldn't be a problem, but if they're close to... Uh, major area traffic and they're legitimately causing you problems, then yeah, licensed exterminator is the safest hmm. way to go. You know, you said that they don't return to their nest and it got me thinking, a lot of people have said that what they do is they wait until nighttime mm. um, because they're not active at night and that's the best time to just bust their nest up. Is that true? Well, in the sense that you're probably better off uh, kicking a live grenade away from you rather than putting it in your mouth and trying to run it to your other distance. <laughs> um, so while they are active during the day and not so much at night, it doesn't mean that they are going to be completely insensate and not going to react if you start taking the hockey stick to nest in the middle of the night. They, if it's warm enough, they're still going to be able to fly and they're still going to react to things that are invading their space. But in winter, I guess uh, people could get rid of a nest then because you say they're not going to return to yeah. the nest. Yeah. 
yeah, winter is definitely a much safer time to deal with it because, of course, they're not going to be flying around being cold-blooded. They're not going to be active in sub-zero temperatures. Peter, Normally, before, their activity is going to be based on the temperatures. So we should see their activity starting to taper off within the next month or so as the frost start to kick in. Yeah, they're causing all sorts of grief at my hummingbird feeder right mm. now. They've taken over my hummingbird feeder and it's driving me bonkers. Before we get to the ants, Peter, I know you touched on it just briefly off the top um, when I called them jerks and you said that you actually they, they actually do serve some purpose in the animal kingdom. And I did some reading on it uh, the, uh, the other day. What do wasps do in in the in the bug kingdom? Do they pollinate? Do they they eat other bugs? What do they do? Uh, both of those, actually. Uh, pretty much any flying insect is potentially going to be a pollinator, and that includes yellow jackets and wasps. Uh, they are going to be traveling from flower to flower looking for nectar for food, which is why they're so attracted to your hummingbird mm-hmm. feeder, or should I say, yellow jacket feeder. Mm-hmm. And uh, they eat their young with meat sources, and usually that boils down to insects. They'll catch large insects uh, that are potentially going to be pests in your garden and in your yard and help keep them under control. Hmm. Okay. All right, let's talk about ants. (laughs) Because these buggers. So (laughs) we gave up last year or the year before, and we finally got an exterminator. And and he came over and he cleaned us out, and it was good for the season. But now we've got infestation in our backyard, uh, and we don't even know where the nest is. We suspect it's in our neighbor's yard, and they're just coming into our yard, but they're everywhere. We need to take a break. And when we come back, can you tell us the best way to deal with ants? Well, yeah, I'll tell you what I can tell you. All, All right, right, perfect. Peter, hold the line for just a second. We'll be back with more for the City of Edmonton biological science technologist, Peter Daly. We're talking... Wasps, yellow jackets, and ants right after this. All right, welcome back to the Afternoon News 250. We've been talking uh, to City of Edmonton biological sciences technologist Peter Daly, and we just moved the topic over to ants uh, before the break, Peter, and I was asking what can be done about ants, and are you going to tell me that ants serve a great purpose as well? Yeah, actually, they are fantastic at soil aeration. Um, Hmm. All of the earthworms that we have in Canada are actually introduced from Europe. And they pretty much got scoured out of North America after the last ice age. And ants uh, basically took up the slack. And they're really responsible for a lot of health of our prairie and forest ecosystems. Hmm. Does it have to be in my backyard, Peter? Well, I don't know about have to be, but it's sort of an inevitability, unfortunately. I mean, people like to think that we run the earth, right? Uh, We're the masters of our domain. Uh, but really, if you just broke it down by mass, I think ants would be close to the top of the list. <laughs> huh. well, you, I've you, heard estimates that there's like five quintillion ants in the world, that 90-plus percent of the animal biomass in the Amazon rainforest is ants, uh, not factoring in a- any other insects or anything. If you took all the ants in the world and put them on one side of a scale and put all of the vertebrates on the other, so all the fish, all the birds, all the people, all the whales even... On the other side of the scale, the ants would probably be five to ten times heavier than all of the vertebrates put together. So completely eliminating ants, yeah, it's it's sort of a fool's errand, unfortunately. They're they're super, super resilient. But, Peter, you said, you know, with the wasps that, okay, listen, just put something on the opposite side of the yard then to attract... Or blast them with Dr. Doom. 
No. <laughs> is there a way to divert ants so that they're not, say, under our deck, for example? Um, ants are going to be a little bit safer to deal with, of course. And while there isn't necessarily any specific method that I would recommend for eliminating them, if you're going to try and dig them out or flood them out or use any number of that you can look up on the Internet, it's, it's not going to result in, oh, my gosh, you're covered in 100 stings, and now I need to go to the doctor because I'm going to die from anaphylactic shock. Um, most of the time, people's problems with ants are going to be aesthetic for the look of their lawn and a nuisance as they're getting indoors. And as far as them getting indoors, it's mostly just excluding them from getting inside. So making sure that you've got good deals around your patio doors and good weather stripping around your back door, that kind of thing. Hmm. My, mom, they, my mom used to put cinnamon all around the house, swore that that uh, kept, kept ants out. I couldn't really verify that, but I have heard a similar thing that I can't verify either, but I've heard that you can do the same with chili powder. They rely on their sense of taste and smell with their antennae to navigate around for the most part. So they're always sort of tasting and smelling everything everywhere they're going. So imagine if you're licking the ground everywhere you walk and you run into a giant pile of chili powder, you're probably going to turn around and be scraping at your tongue for a while. That, I, it's that sounds like Friday anyway, night. I can't back up with data. Um, you know, you, are, are all of these pests, ants, wasps, bees, all of them hornets, are they territorial? If there's already a nest or a hill, will they go elsewhere? Not necessarily. I mean, a lot of ant species... Um, you know, are pretty tolerant of having other ants around, and they'll certainly compete over resources, but there isn't necessarily going to be a lot of infighting. With some species, mm. yes, but with other species, like sparrow uh, ants, they're an introduced species that's pretty, more, eh, pretty much everywhere in the world. They can have, uh, you know, 200-plus queens in a single colony. They seem to get along just fine in large groups. Those ones are sort of the real indoor pest nuisance. Like I say, they're introduced. They're not native to Canada. They're really, really tiny and sort of translucent. Mm. You'll find them a lot in big apartment complexes, and they're hard to get rid of with extermination because as soon as you try and spray them, poof, all of those ants sort of scatter to the winds, and they can build up individual colonies on their own. It's sort of like playing whack-a-mole with a spray can. (laughs) Peter, before we let you go, do you know much about spiders? Yeah, that's my cup of tea, actually. Okay, so Mm. we have a couple of minutes left here. I have... Two very large, I think they are called orb spiders, doing their yep. business in my backyard right now. They're, they, they seem to be massive, and I'm fascinated to watch them, but don't want to go anywhere near them. Um, when, when will they be out of my window? <laughs> um, they're going to go when the frosts really start to hit. Uh, they lay eggs that overwinter and survive to hatch to May or June. And actually, if I recall correctly, I was on the air with you uh, dealing with some uh, one of your coworkers' phobias uh, some years ago. Indeed, I knew days. it was you. Yeah. <laughs> He's the uh, one that yeah, brought in the tarantula and the brown spiders and everything. Well, let's not be doing that again, that was although cool. I was not the one with the phobia, but let's not be doing that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but just for the record, for those listening, none of the spiders that we have in the Edmonton area are dangerous to people at all. Don't believe your neighbor that's terrified of them because he's got a biased opinion. I study these things. They are my passion as far as the creepy crawly critters are concerned, and none of them pose any threat to you at all. So, Peter, um, should I let that orb spider do its business or swat it out of the way? 
Well, I think you know what my answer is. I know. I say absolutely do its business because it's going to be helping take care of pest insects like mosquitoes and stuff in your yard. Maybe not exclusively to the point that you don't notice them, but every little bit helps, and it's certainly not going to hurt you. They're quite fascinating to watch, that's for sure. Well, Peter, if it helps you sleep tonight, I'll tell you that I've never killed a spider. I've uh, transported many of them out of the house. <laughs> my, my family won't allow me to harm a living creature. So, Well, fantastic. I'm, I'm happy to hear that, and I appreciate your consideration for the little creatures. You know what, Peter, I think maybe we do have to get you on the show in person somewhere down sure. the, the road, and, and maybe you could bring in some... No, well, leave your bugs at the office. No, some of your bugs. Maybe put we them, bring well, some put in. them in glass cases That's then. Right. That's right. He does. He doesn't okay. just bring them in his I'm pockets. sure that can be arranged. <laughs> Peter, I would love that. Thank you for taking the time today. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for talking with me, folks. Have a great day. Uh, there you, you go. Peter Daly, the uh, City of Edmonton Biological Sciences <laughs> Technology Technologist. Rather. That's a heck of a job. I wonder how many people applied for that. I mean, he's obviously in the right job. No, he, he loves, loves his, the bugs. Yeah. Man. I can't. That the just seems like the worst. brought in and just went. Oh, so he actually did bring one in. He brought, he brought tarantula in and, and brown, the brown spiders from the West Coast. Now, would it be okay to post a selfie of you and a spider smiling? Yes. yes okay. Yes, just so good. I know. The 6.30 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad.